Next on BYU Sports Nation, another dramatic finish in the BYU-Utah rivalry series. But would you really have it any other way? We go two-on-one with BYU quarterback Joe Critchlow. What is the competition really like in the quarterback room for the Cougars? Plus, go St. Mary's! Excuse me? Why some BYU fans are going gaga for the Gales tonight. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Wednesday, March 21st, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who worked four hours of baseball last night and wants more of it, Jason Shepard. Oh, that was glorious last night. BYU, Utah, down to the end, extra innings, and the Cougars are victorious. It was a beautiful thing. Well, it was unnecessarily dramatic in the ninth inning, right? Uh, Yes. It's, again, uh, the end result is what matters. (laughs) That's all that matters at this point. Clearly. Clearly, especially for BYU fans right now. And with that said, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Another classic rivalry moment. BYU baseball snaps a three-game losing streak last night in dramatic fashion, in extra innings, against arch nemesis Utah. Did you miss the finish? All good. Here's how it looked and sounded on BYU TV. 6-6, bottom of the 10th. The 3-2, inside, it gets away from Kramer. Here comes Richin. He scores, and BYU wins. And there was much rejoicing. Jerem Jordan and Gary Scheide on the call. Big group hug for BYU at home plate. The Cougars scoring on a wild pitch with one out in the bottom of the 10th to secure a victory over the Utes, 7-6. This, as I mentioned, after BYU surrendered a 6-2 lead in the ninth inning to send it to extras. Jason, not always good for the heart, but should a BYU-Utah game, regardless of sport, end in any other fashion? Look, I fall into the category of I would like a blowout victory every time just because it uh, demoralizes the other team. And your team ends up victorious. But I will take, as I mentioned moments ago, I will take the W for the boys in blue, regardless of how it comes. Yes, it was uh, maybe more dramatic than we all originally anticipated going to the top of the ninth. But at the end of the day, like I said, all that matters is that BYU won. And it is funny. Because talking with Coach Littlewood, and he says this every time BYU plays Utah, it doesn't matter the records, it doesn't matter where you are going into that game, this usually comes down to maybe the last inning, the last at bat, and if he wasn't right again (laughs) because he came down to both. Why did he have to be right last (laughs) night? I looked at the score going into the ninth and thought, okay, BYU's in control. And I felt the same thing that the players and coaches were explaining after the game, and that is a bit of annoyance. Like, ah, we should have closed it out way sooner than this. It shouldn't have come to a 10th inning dramatic scenario, but it makes it memorable. And ultimately, if BYU wins, if your team wins, if you're the coach, 
you can't be mad, right? In a rivalry game that just have weird things happen. So I, I don't know. I think there's, there is a feeling of annoyance and frustration that it couldn't have ended in more of a lopsided fashion in favor of BYU. But the fact of the matter is you win. You win the game and you move on to the next. Good job. Figure it out. Hey, going Herm Edwards, win the game. That's all that matters. Spencer, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but BYU football will be playing the Arizona Wildcats to begin the season coming up in just a few short months. I am aware. In fact, I, I think this is a prime opportunity for the countdown. Don't, oh. Hit it! Countdown to the Wildcats. 165. Yeah, you're flying solo on what? that today. What? You're not on. We're under 200. <laughs> we're in the ones. <laughs> Yeah, I'll feel more excited about it when we're under 100, okay. right? Okay, so we're 165 days away from knowing who BYU will start at quarterback okay, in now game you've number picked, one. Now you've piqued my okay. interest. So, Spencer, what's the chance BYU starts an underclassman at quarterback against Arizona? Okay, so really we're going, what's the chance BYU starts Joe Critchlow? Or Zach Wilson. Correct. That's what we're assuming. Jason, 0.1%. So you're keeping that just that point. I mean, there's always a possibility, right? You're like that. Like It's basically like that 0.01% of germs that can't be killed. That's what you're going with. <laughs> the hand sanitizer yeah, the hand san- approach. 99.9% germs yes, killed. Yes, I'm giving you the hand sanitizer answer. <laughs> okay. okay. Because BYU has Tanner Mangum and Bo Hodge, and it's Bo game number Hodge. one. And they can, speaking of the BYU coaches, control injuries and health a little bit better leading up to game number one. When the games start, who knows what happens. Right. But one of those two guys will be healthy for game number one against Arizona. I just don't see Jeff Grimes and his expertise and – how he runs things and approaches what he wants to do with his offense and how he values experience. Throwing a guy that's never taken a snap of Division One football out there, other than the three games that Joe Critchlow played, in a new offense, okay? It's, it's a brand-new offense, and I think he's going to rely on upperclassmen to do so. I Minimal minimal chance yeah I, I think it's I think it's low and for all the reasons that you brought up it certainly makes sense that you would go with somebody who has a significant amount of experience whether it's Tanner Mangum or Bo Hodge uh they've so seen a, a full yes, speed rush yes, in the game absolutely and so I, I agree with you that it's very very low but just on Monday Kalani Satake was asked about the quarterbacks and he was like we are going to go with the best player the player that performs the best and gives us the best chance to win, regardless of class. So I, I think everything is open, certainly. But yes, I would agree with you that the chances are low that an underclassman would start. Yeah, I just don't see it. I think it's uh, Tanner Mangum or Bo Hodge. But that's the beauty of uh, the offseason, right? And what the coaches decide, they decide. And we have 165 days to talk yeah, about it. had to go there again. We're working on it. <laughs> yeah, we are working on it, Jeff Grimes. <laughs> Goodness. Jason, the now former assistant head basketball coach at BYU, Heath Schroyer, joined us yesterday on BYU Sports Nation. We asked him to describe the expectations and accomplishments of BYU basketball over the last season. 
Listen to what he had to say, beginning with the fact that BYU played the entire season without stars Eric Mika and Nick Emery. Those two guys combined for 60% of your offense off of a 22-win team. And, you know, with the injuries that we that we had and playing majority of the year with eight or nine scholarship players, I, I don't I don't know how much more um, you know we could have done. We were we were basically uh, one half away from going to the NCAA tournament. After hearing what Heath Schroyer said on BYU Sports Nation, do you feel BYU hoops met, exceeded, or fell short of expectations? Well, I, I'm going to base off my comments based off of what we heard from the team themselves. Their goal was to get to the NCAA tournament. So if that's your expectations, then then they fell short of their expectations to go to the NCAA tournament. As the season progressed, I, I thought this team met its expectations. I mean, I, I think this team did what... They could do this year. That, but, but I think that this year set up for what next year could be. And I understand, you know, next year, you know, it's, oh, well, things will be better next year. But I really do think a season like this, especially with bringing so many players back from this year's team for next year, I think this, this really sets up what next season could be. But based off of what the coaches and players all said in the offseason – and from the get-go, that the, the expectations were to make the NCAA tournament, for that reason, I'm sure they would say they didn't meet their expectations. Overall, and I'm going to give you a multi-tiered answer here in a second, because the season was so erratic. It was a roller coaster ride. But overall, I feel like it was a good season. And BYU did ultimately what I expected them to do. That was take a step forward defensively, find a way to beat a good team in Las Vegas, which they did, St. Mary's, but ultimately end up out of the NCAA tournament. Okay, so from where I began the season mentally, that's where BYU ended, Mm -hmm. okay? They met expectations according to me, but, I mean, if you want to take it from the team standpoint, the expectation is always to get to the NCAA tournament. So in that instance, you're right. They did fall short. But you can't just assess a season based on one thing, Right. okay? It's too simplistic, it's too simplistic. Some people think that that's exactly what it needs to be. Did you make the NCAA tournament? No? Okay, well, then you, you failed. I, there's a lot that goes into it. Okay, BYU exceeded expectations by beating St. Mary's in Las Vegas the way that they did it. I mean, they crushed the Gales. They fell short by going 11-7 and in West Coast Conference play. I don't think that was where it needed to be. But they exceeded expectations by going 11-2 and in non-conference play. Look, it was a roller coaster, look, ups and downs. Yes, this was a successful season for BYU basketball. I don't think there's any question, there should not be any question in anybody's mind that this was a successful season for the BYU basketball program. Let's stay with this because this is interesting. Dave Rose just completed his 13th season as head coach at BYU. And he, Schroyer, said he hopes that fans appreciate what Dave does year in and year out. I just wish people knew how hard it was to be as consistently good as Coach Rose has been and that staff has been. Um, he doesn't get near enough credit. I mean, he does nationally, but I, I'm going to be on my soapbox here for a minute. But locally, he doesn't get near as much credit as he, he deserves. I mean, to, to consistently do what he's done over a 13-year period, I mean, there's only a handful of guys in the country that's been able to do that. 
Look, I could not agree with Heath more on what he just said. So the question I will ask you, Spencer, do we, and by we, I mean in general everybody that either covers, follows, BYU, watches, roots for, do we take what Dave Rose has accomplished at BYU for granted? Simple answer, yes. Dave Rose is a victim of his own success. When you go to Sweet 16s, when you have the National Player of the Year, when you win conference championships and you get off to a red-hot start, I mean, he hit the ground running. BYU was 9-21 and the year before Dave Rose took over. In Season 1, he wins 20 games and gets to the NIT. And then in Season 2, welcome back to the NCAA tournament. So with that precedent established so early in his career – Everybody just kind of expects, like, yeah. well, BYU goes to the NCAA tournament every year and is great. It's really hard. And because the Cougars have gone three straight years of not going to the tournament of tournaments, people are feeling frustrated. Fans are frustrated. Coaches frustrated. The players are too. But that, <laughs> that doesn't make what Dave Rose is doing any less impressive it's just a juxtaposition of what he did consistently in the first eight or nine years of his career based on what has happened in the last three years. It's recency bias. People in general fall into the trap of, well, what have you done for me lately? What Dave Rose has done for BYU fans lately is continue to uphold the standard of winning 23 or 24 games and going to one of the two major postseason tournaments. Some people want to call that mediocre. Well, if you want to compare it to the pinnacle of what Dave Rose has done, then yeah, it's not as good. But if you take a look at it from a wide-angle lens, yes, people underappreciate what he does on a year-in and year-out basis. See, the the word that I think that I want to focus on is is when he says locally. I, I don't think that this is something that's new. I, I actually think this happens all over the country in sport. I mean, like just for instance, like in Cleveland, I think there are people th- that follow the Cavs and follow LeBron all the time that will nitpick on what he hasn't done. Like the guy, but we from a distance look and it's like, how in the world could you critique and say? But you, when you're closer to it, I think you you get more critical. But I, like I said, I agree with Heath 100. percent anybody would want to have the consistency that Dave Rose has brought to BYU. So I absolutely agree. He does not get the his just due on how good of a coach he is. It's the upgrade philosophy. Yes. When you have been given an iPhone X, you don't want to go back. Are you giving me an iPhone X? You don't want to go back. No, I'm not doing that. But, you, <laughs> but if I take that away and say, hey, you have to use the iPhone 7 Plus for a little while, it's like, ugh. Okay, I mean it's it's good. It's it's not as good as I had, but you constantly are pining for yes the best yes right yes the best. But is an iPhone Seven Plus still an amazing bit of technology? Yes. Yes. Okay. The NIT is the iPhone Seven Plus. The NCAA tournament is the iPhone X. Sometimes you can't have the best of the best. Look, people, but you still have to appreciate what you <laughs> yes, have. People need to back off on Coach Rose because BYU is lucky to have him. And he is a coach that has brought a lot of wins to Provo, and there's a lot more to come. The NIT Game of the Year goes down tonight. No, it doesn't feature a BYU team. And yes, I'm calling it the Game of the Year. But rather, the two most heated rivals for the Cougars on the basketball court, Utah 
and St. Mary's. McEwen Pavilion in Moraga will host it. The winner advancing to the NIT Final Four at Madison Square Garden in New York City. It's the fighting Pac-12s against the de facto Australian Junior National Team. Who you got tonight, Jason? Uh, Utah or St. Mary's? All right, to, to use the verbiage from the question, I got St. Mary's. I also want St. Mary's. Why? Because I don't want Utah to win at anything. <laughs> Is that simple enough? Back to you, Spencer. <laughs> St. Mary's is going to win this basketball game. They're the higher seed. They're at home. They absolutely should win. They're going to take advantage of their smaller West Coast Conference gym <laughs> and take down the Fighting Pac-12. There are so many things that will be awesome when St. Mary's wins this game. This tonight. is about pettiness, okay? Oh, absolutely. And we're all about it right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Go Gales! You'll never hear me say it again on the air. Go Gales! (laughs) We need to have the St. Mary's face, just the shot of it on screen, and then have you say, Go Gales. Yeah, man. That's what we need. We can do that. We have technology, right? (laughs) Yes, of course. Of course, BYU fans, in large part, certainly want the St. Mary's Gales. And this is not about a... WCC repping the WCC. This is all about the lesser of two evils. Yes. This is which team do you want to lose mm-hmm. the least? Oh, yeah. I, I'm with you, man. <laughs> I'm with you. We're not hiding anything, okay? People know how we We're feel about this. We're completely transparent on this. You know how we feel about this, okay? And I'm gathering that the majority of you feel the same way that we do in Studio B. But if you don't, answer today's Twitter question, which is, as a BYU fan, who would you like to see lose the least tonight? I love it. Utah or St. Mary's and why? At BYU Fan 1995, as much as it pains me to say, St. Mary's. My hatred for the Utes has been around so much longer. I think any win by WCC teams in the postseason helps the perception of the conference as a whole. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Speaking of Utah and St. Mary's, the Gales play-by-play man Alex Jensen is going to join us coming up in a little bit. And we're two-on-one with Joe Critchlow. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU baseball begins a three-game home series versus Gonzaga tomorrow night. Thursday's game can be heard on BYU Radio. You can watch it on ESPNU. And then Friday and Saturday's games, in addition to being heard on BYU Radio, can be seen live on BYU TV. Hey, here's to a couple of rain delays on Friday, huh? Because that's probably going to happen. Yeah, the weather's not looking great the closer we get to our next TV games. Friday's game might finish technically on Saturday. (laughs) Just be prepared, okay? You thought four hours was fun last night? It's probably going to be longer on Friday. Okay, all right. (laughs) I'm going to come hang out with you guys in the booth. Let's do it, man. (laughs) Let's do it. BYU Sports Station simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation happening right now on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Our question of the day. As a BYU fan, who would you like to see lose the least tonight? (laughs) Utah or St. Mary's? And why? This in on Twitter from at NickLee51. Utah is always enemy number one. St. Mary's is just this little college in Northern California. Oh, oh my goodness. And BYU owns them, so what's the problem? He says Utah is territorial. Hashtag never Utah. (laughs) I wonder if anybody is rooting for Utah. A true BYU fan. If you are out there, I want to hear from you, and I want to hear your reasoning. And I won't find fault. I just want to know why. 
you say you won't find fault. No, I just want to know why. If, I would be curious to know if there is somebody that, that is pulling for uh, the University of Utah. Okay, send in your responses, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Let us know. For the time being, we go two-on-one all-access with one of these six BYU quarterbacks. But not just any quarterback, a guy who won two of his three starts last year during a 4-9 and nine season. His name is Joe Critchlow. Where does he fit into the quarterback madness now? Joe, what's it like to face a full-on pass rush and know that you can get hit in spring football as a quarterback? Oh, it's it's really scary. No, I I would say it's uh, it feels like real football. It's it's great to get back out there and and feel the pass rush. It's something that we've we played with our whole lives. It's not something that we're not used to, and it reminds us of of the fall. All of us out here are anxious to to get in there and get some real reps, and so it's something that I don't think anyone will shy away from. In a, in a race like this, it's probably, do you prefer it so that you can really show what you can do? It's true. It, it gives definitely a more real look of how a quarterback feels in the pocket, how he trusts his O-line and, and his receivers as well, and it really helps with timing with the receivers. Um, it's, it's a lot different when you have 7-on-7 seven seven out there versus a full 11-on-11 11 11 live look, and so I feel like it's something that's helping all the quarterbacks. How different is what you have seen in the new offense under Jeff Grimes compared to what you ran last year as a freshman? I would say that there are similarities and there are differences as well. Um, there's definitely a lot more, lot more motion, different um, pre-snap looks and things that make a, def- a defense feel uncomfortable, things that we can get mismatches from. And I feel like we have a lot of great playmakers here that we can expose a lot of defenses on. And our offense is really tuning into that and realizing how we can win those individual matchups. The coaching staff has said that they don't want to watch a lot of last year's film just to give everyone a fair chance. Do you want to slide the UNLV game under Jeff Graham's door maybe or email that to him? I, I don't think that would be a bad idea. <laughs> I, I think it would be pretty good. I, I definitely learned a lot from last season. I, I obviously started three games. I had some really good good plays, and I had some really bad, bad plays as well. It, I felt like it was a really great growth growth aspect for me something that I could build off of especially this spring and I feel like the coaches are being fair they're giving us all a a good shot at at understanding the offense the new offense now and they might not look at the old games but I feel like they can still see some of that confidence based on that film and experience where do you feel like you've grown the most to this point Hmm. I feel like I better understand the the speed of college football and the the timing with the receivers just throwing routes I felt like it was completely different when I stepped in there last season when I finally got some, some playing time, and I'm starting to implement that in practice now, and I feel like that will really help me going into next season. For those that don't get to show up at practice, give us a sense of what Jeff Grimes is like during practice. Oh, he's intense. He, he, he knows his offense really well, and the thing that Jeff Grimes is really good at is seeing all 11 guys on the field at one time. I don't know how you do that, only two eyes, but he, he's really good at constructive collective um criticism i mean when we do something wrong he corrects it he's going to get it right and i feel like the offense is responding really well our offense is hungry to to get better we're all anxious and motivated to have a better season than we did last year and i think that jeff grimes combined with that motivation will really help us so when you look at yourself as one of six guys in a quarterback room uh what's that competition like and and the atmosphere that goes around it Mm -hmm. the best thing about the competition right now is all the quarterbacks they're good guys and uh there's no malice or hard feelings to anyone we want everyone to to give it their best shot 
we we want to do our best, and hopefully that's enough to to beat out the other guys. It's a highly competitive room, and we're all going as hard as we can. And I I I what I like to see is someone will will maybe have a bad rep, and and in some other cases people would be happy that they may be messed up it would kind of help their chances but in in our quarterback room we're building each other up we want everyone to do our best we, we just want the offense to to improve we want to have a better season not a lot of conversation about the running backs this spring give us an idea of how the running backs are doing i feel like the running backs are doing really well i i felt like last year we had a lot of guys get reps at running back and what i especially like is we have quite a few guys that are really developing the talent of, of catching out of the backfield we we have a lot of running backs that are dual threat. They can take it up the middle, they can take it outside, and they can catch it from anywhere in the backfield. They can even line up and slot. And so we have a lot of talent with, with, our, with our running backs and a lot of diversity as well. We have some good power backs, some all-purpose backs, third-down backs. I, I really look forward to using a lot of those guys this spring and in the fall. One of the names we keep hearing in the running backs group is Zach Katoa, who was a scout team guy last year he's kind of a mystery for BYU fans that can't watch practice how would you explain Zach Katoa well Zach Katoa came back pretty late from his mission this past year and so he redshirted this past season but I, he's no secret to the team we've we've seen how hard he works in the weight room on the practice field and how much talent that he has and it's really starting to come out this spring this spring game will will be a, a pretty pretty nice Zach Katoa show he's one of those guys <laughs> that catches it super well out the backfield and, and can basically do anything at running back the interior of the offensive line graduated with center and the two guards. How's, how's the offensive line playing so far? I feel like the offensive line is, is really coming together. I feel like Jeff Grimes and Coach Pugh really have an expertise when it comes to, to linemen, and I feel like our O-line are really responding. Our, the trust that the linemen and the quarterbacks have is, is really good right now, and the, the trust that they're developing as a unit, first and second, is, is doing really well as well. Who asks you for the ball the most? Ooh, the most selfish receiver? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> oh, man. Um, Tarek Buchanan is always dogging me for the ball. I would say uh, Micah, he loves his catches too. I would say all the receivers want the ball. I mean, that's kind of a, a trait that all receivers need to have. They, they're ball hungry. They want to make plays. They want to help our offense. Um, but I, I personally kind of like that mentality. Who's sticking out defensively that gives you a hard time? Ooh, defensively. On or off the field? I feel like uh, Austin Lee is playing really well back at safety. He's someone that's pretty difficult to read as a quarterback. We, we have a lot of plays where we have to key on the safety, and he's, he's a difficult one to maneuver. Um, as well, I would say Sione Takitaki is doing really well. He's transitioning to a new position, and he looks really good out there. He looks fluid. He looks fast, and he's, uh, he's making a lot of plays for for our defense yeah is that a good thing for you <laughs> oh for me it's great i mean we don't have to play those guys on saturday so that's that's fine with me i'll take a few shots in practice if, if it means he hits the quarterback almost every play next season so he's doing well at, at ap jofo hasn't tweeted in a while do you want a, at ap jofo to return to tweeting a little bit say i i wouldn't mind it it was, it was something that was really funny for me and my family but <laughs> i uh, I don't know who the source of, of this fake Twitter account was, but it was, it was pretty enjoyable. Maybe with the spring game or next season, we'll start picking back up, but we'll see. Yeah, I think I need to go back and look at all those tweets. Yeah, those are, <laughs> we'll, we'll bring those up in the wire words. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Joe, great to talk to you. Thanks for the time, man. No, thank you, guys. BYU Football All Access 2-on-1 with Joe Critchlow. The spring scrimmage will be the Zach Katoa Show. 
I like it. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. No, no, no. I, and uh, based off of everything that we've heard people talk about, coaches, I mean, I asked Coach Satake about Zach just the other day, and, you know, he got a big smile on his face and was talking about how impressed he's been with him. I'm looking forward to seeing him in action. All right. Coming up, can BYU Sports Nation really get behind a St. Mary's victory tonight? Alex Jensen joins us to tell us why we should all be Gales fans tonight. And former BYU linebacker and NFL hopeful Fred Warner moving up a prominent mock draft board. Stay with us. BYU Pro Day coverage coming up Friday, March 30th. Two hours of unprecedented Pro Day coverage with BYU Sports Nation, which will also include Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan. Welcome back, sports friends. Work on your verticals. Spencer Linton and Jason <laughs> Shepard in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, national simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. It's time for headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU baseball beats Utah 7-6. Extra innings. Dramatics. Cam Richens scoring from third base on a wild pitch for a walk-off win. The Cougars begin a three-game series in conference against Gonzaga on Thursday. Huge series. Friday and Saturday's games can be seen live on BYU TV. And BYU football coaches will hold a clinic today for Utah high school coaches and players. Spring football continuing. It's in its third week, eighth practice of spring going on today. NFL.com's Chad Reuter projects Fred, uh, Fred Warner as the first pick in the fourth round of the NFL draft to the Green Bay Packers. Jay Swaggy mm? and Fred Warner together in Green Bay. I like it. Me too. I like it a lot. It's a 1 in 32 chance, right? Hey, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> now, of note, Reuter originally had Fred going in the fourth round to the Dallas Cowboys, but now has moved him up his board. That has been the trend for Fred Warner. Not not jumping into the first or second round per se, but started out in the fifth round and has kind of methodically worked his way up into early fourth, late third round area which would be great yeah, if he gets be, drafted day two in the third round that'd be amazing it'd be great and it doesn't surprise me either he's he's a really good football player Kyle Collinsworth had eight points two rebounds and five assists in a Dallas Dallas Mavericks loss to the New Orleans Pelicans Collinsworth and the Mavs have the night off tonight prior to hosting the Utah Jazz who lost to the Atlanta Hawks last night can't believe we did that and yes I said we sue me on Thursday gulp Hey, every dog has their day, right? <laughs> BYU loses at LMU <laughs> is the equivalent of the Utah Jazz losing to the Atlanta Hawks. How awesome is it that Kyle Collinsworth is getting more minutes right now? It's awesome to Good see. Good for him. Yes. Good for him. Got his first career start in the NBA the other night, and he's producing. He's producing. He's doing good things. What's the chance Kyle Collinsworth is starting next season for the Dallas Mavericks? We won't answer that today, but we will answer a series of other questions. Bring it on. BYU Sports Nation asks... What's the chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. The Voice, Ben Bagley. Join us, won't you, for number one. We just heard from Joe Critchlow, so let's start there. What's the chance Joe Critchlow is the starting quarterback on September 1st, 165 days from now at Arizona? Mm, that was kind of a mini countdown right there. Yes, it was. Yes. Uh, you know, it, we, it goes back to what we were talking about in the first segment in terms of 
will BYU start an underclassman? I, I just don't think that they will. I, I think it really does come down to Tanner and Bo. So I will say, I will say that's low. I'll, I'll maybe, you know, 5%. Yeah, and I'm going to go lower than that. And I'm going to reiterate what I said uh, off the top of the show. 0.1% chance that an underclassman is starting game number one. If you ask my opinion on what that will be midseason, then it could go up exponentially. Sure. Because that has been the case for BYU, dealing with multiple quarterbacks. And I think Jeremy and I documented that almost 50% of the games in independence have been started by a backup quarterback. That's, that stat is nuts, by the way. That's crazy. It's just unfortunate. Oh, it's unfortunate. But starting against Arizona, minimal. I mean, tiny, tiny chance. Number two. What's the chance BYU Hoops returns to the WCC championship game in 2019? Okay. All right. Are we setting parameters on if a certain team at the top of the conference is in the conference or are they gone or does it matter? Okay. I I think this is just if they're in uh, the look, conference. Okay, look, okay. I think regardless. You just got to be one of the top two teams of the tournament. I say there's an 85% chance that they're in there because as we've discussed, I think that at minimum they're the second best team Going into next year, I think they absolutely would make it to the championship game regardless of if Gonzaga is there or not. Tournament play is weird, you know, because it's one game, and if you don't shoot the ball well, then things go wrong. I mean, ask St. Mary's against BYU. The Cougars made everything against the Gales, or at least it felt that way. And while BYU wasn't the second-best team overall in the conference, they found a way to get to the championship game. So while I want to say 99% chance that BYU is – one of the top two teams remaining in the tournament, yeah, I'd say 75%, just because March is March. There's a reason it is associated with the word madness. Did you just coin a new hashtag, March is March? Maybe so. Maybe. March is, that's been the theme of this year, right? March is March. Yes. We've all come to it. Like, I'd be shocked if a tournament goes chalk. Like, Nobody it, wants that either. And it's Nobody not happening. wants that. Too much parody. Yes. Too much chance. Okay. Number three. Hashtag March is March. Yes. What's the chance? April is April. <laughs> What's the chance 100%. BYU baseball sweeps the Zags this weekend? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you start this one off. That's a lot to ask for BYU baseball. Gonzaga is a good baseball program. And uh, you remember that BYU had to take care of Gonzaga last year to win the West Coast Conference Tournament Championship. They're right there again. I'd be thrilled if BYU wins the series, given what happened against LMU, being swept on the home field. So I I am confident that BYU can win two of three, sweeping the series. That's against a really good baseball team. That's tough. I mean, you got to have a lot of pitching. And so I right now, BYU is kind of searching for that. I'd say like 40%, get Jason. Yeah, I'll say it's higher. I'll say I'll get a 70%. I agree with you, BYU should absolutely win this series. I fully expect them to win this series. Gonzaga is not the same team that they were last year. They lost some guys. They lost they, some they, dudes yes, they, to they the Major lost League Baseball draft. Some dudes. There's no question. They're, they're not as good of a team. No question BYU. No question BYU, I think, wins this series. Sweeping, yeah, like I said, 75%. That's pretty good. That's pretty high, man. 75%. Uh, it's, it's not crazy. The, BYU is more than capable of sweeping Gonzaga. They're capable of sweeping LMU as well. <laughs> why, why do you do that? <laughs> I'm just saying. Baseball is the most finicky, you will not, fickle sport you ever. You will not tarnish 
the mood I am in because of BYU baseball last night. You will not do that to me, sir. Okay. Number four. I'll try to pile on. What's the chance that Friday's game ends on Friday? Ah, oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> I hope because I'm positive, calling Mother it, Nature. Last one. I'd like to see my children. Last one. What's the chance Jason will be part of the 31-hour Marvel movie marathon leading into Infinity War? Is this a real thing, Jason? I, I guess. I'm going to be honest. I had not heard of this, but... Because it's uh, it's a question about me that I seem to know a lot about myself, I'm going to say 0%. Because number one, that sounds really expensive. And number two, I'm super cheap. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so 0% that that's happening. I'm just going to go ahead and clamp onto that answer, okay? <laughs> I'll, I'll add an amen to that. 31 hours. Cool. Like, it sounds awesome. Can, can you sleep at all? Like, are you? can you still be part of the marathon if you're not awake for all Ooh, of do it? do they give you, like, maybe a two-hour nap break? Maybe? Uh, or do they just say, okay, the movies are going to play, but as long as you're in the theater, it counts. Or do they just consider Thor the Dark World the time where you can go to bed? <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, BYU gymnasts continue to rake in the awards. More on that in the whip. And the enemy of our enemy is our friend... <laughs> What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Bad Cats begin a three-game home series against Gonzaga tomorrow night at Miller Park. Thursday's game can be heard on BYU Radio. You can watch on ESPNU. And then Friday and Saturday's games can be seen on BYU TV. His name is Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. We are live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day play-by-play of BYU Sports. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Our question of the day, as a BYU fan, who would you like to see lose the least tonight? <laughs> Utah or St. Mary's? And why? Joining us now is our best frenemy, Alex Jensen. <laughs> Play-by-play voice of the St. Mary's Gales. And I stand by my initial remarks about this young, wonderful human being. That he is the best thing St. Mary's has going for him. Alex, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. What's up, guys? Hey, I, I was just telling Ben, uh, I, I, I don't know how I feel about this, this Twitter question today, but it, it kind of makes me a little happy knowing that St. Mary's has gotten to that point in Provo. <laughs> We're doing something right. We're doing something right. Exactly. That's, that's the genesis of it all. St. Mary's has right. been so good and so good against BYU historically, and yet here we are rooting for the Gales tonight, Alex. We want to send you to New York and Madison Square Garden. We're on the Alex Jensen to New York train. Let's go. I feel like I'm on a game show. Let's have at it. <laughs> You know what? Let's start this off on the right note. Uh, how much do you dislike Utah at this moment? BYU fans would like to hear you trash Utah. Go. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, they're they're the Gales' next game. That's about how much I dislike them. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, we've talked about it before. My namesake, uh, it was a Ute. So yes. I, when, I'm not going to lie. When I was when I was younger, I kind of had a soft spot in my heart for Utah. But uh, you know, since I'm here with you guys and your audience, and I want the Twitter question to go the other way. I'll say, yeah, I don't like him, man. I don't like him at all. (laughs) Alex Jensen casts his vote for St. Mary's to beat Utah. Shocker. Uh, By the way, Jerem was so overcome with emotion when he found out about this matchup, he had to take the morning off, Alex. So do you have a message for Jerem? 
Yeah, Jeremy. Hey, listen, I saw what you tweeted, okay? And I know you saw what I tweeted back to you. So <laughs> give me a response, man. I mean, I, like, I, like I told him, I don't, I don't know a bigger closet fan, uh, Gale fan, than Jeremy Jordan. So I, 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 I know that that tweet was, was all tongue-in-cheek. No, in all seriousness, I know I know Jerem's in our corner, so Jerem, we're gonna try and we're gonna try and get that done for you. All right, good stuff. Alex Jensen, the play-by-play voice of the St. Mary's Gales, is joining us on BYU Sports Nation. I want to rewind to Selection Sunday, and I know this is uh, do we have to a really frustrating and <laughs> head-scratching scenario for you, Alex, and for all of yeah. St. Mary's. What was the feeling like? Within the team and within the coaching staff, after going 28 and five, being nationally ranked most of the year, and then not getting into the big dance. Well, you know what Randy Bennett said, and he said it in the past. I mean, he said a couple years ago when when St. Mary's had 27 wins and didn't get in, is that hey, you know, let us know what, what you're grading on. Basically, um, I think that's 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 kind of the the question. You know, I mean, a few years ago it was who you beat. You know, now it, it seems like it's who you play. Um, so I think that's the frustrating part. Uh, I, you know, I, like I said, I, what, like I told you guys in Vegas, um, I, you know, I was, I'm always, we're, we're always skeptical of Moraga last year being, you know, the, um, the exception, but we're always skeptical because of what, especially what happened in that 27 one year, there was another year, I think it was 2011, maybe, uh, where the Gales were left out and a lot of people thought, you know, they should have been, but yeah, 28 wins, man. I mean, that's, that's, I don't care who you're playing. That's a lot of wins. And you know, the quadrant system, I don't, I'm not sure that helps mid-majors all that much because really what is, you know, what's the onus for, for the power five teams to, to schedule teams from the West coast conference, you know, if that's going to end up being a quadrant three game or even a quadrant two game, when they're going to get so many quadrant one games, uh, you know, in conference, then what's the point. Right. Um, so I think that's the frustrating part is, is not understanding, um, you know, where the grading system is coming from uh, fully. And it seems to change every year and, and almost no matter what, it seems to screw over the mid-major. I think that that was Randy Bennett's main point on Selection Sunday. You know, it's interesting, Alex, just how many storylines there are with the West Coast Conference right now. And and I want to kind of push forward to, to next year with what is at least a possibility, and some believe it's more than a possibility, that Gonzaga is leaving the conference for the Mountain West. Obviously, we've talked about this and how it relates to BYU in terms of how it relates to St. Mary's what's the feeling there and how do you think it would affect the Gales if Gonzaga is no longer in this conference oh I don't I don't think anyone here wants to see it happen I mean you know first of all if Gonzaga or BYU or especially both left the conference they would make it a worse conference you know I mean I'd at that point, you know, I think St. Mary's is the only thing. You know, if you really look at the West Coast Conference this year and you take BYU and Gonzaga out of it, I think St. Mary's is the only thing separating the West Coast Conference from, say, the Big West. You know, now San Diego, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, we can all agree, and I've had this conversation with multiple people, that San Diego is a much better team than people give them credit for. You know, San Francisco, by the end of the year, is a much better team than people give it credit for. But that's going to be the national perception, and that's my fear is that, you know, you go from the West Coast Conference, which in my opinion should be a multi-bid league every single year with Gonzaga, BYU, and St. Mary's at the top to a, a league that's going to be a true mid-major, uh, a true mid-major league that's only going to get the conference tournament winner in every single year, uh, you know, maybe with a rare exception, but it, it's, hard, it's hard to see that happening. So I think, you know, not, not just the rivalries with Gonzaga and BYU from the St. Mary's perspective that have grown so much over the last few years, but just the fact that it's bad for the league. 
I, you know, I certainly don't want to see it happen. I mean, I, I can understand, you know, the feelings of, of interest from Gonzaga and BYU to, to, to you know, go to a, a, a league that's teetering on a Power 5 league like the Mountain West. But, yeah, it'd be bad for the league, no question. Alex Jensen, play-by-play voice of the St. Mary's Gales, is with us on BYU Sports Nation preparing for a quarterfinal NIT matchup between the Gales and the Utah Utes. Now, we, to your credit, Alex, you told me after the BYU-St. Mary's game in Las Vegas, I'm really worried, and I don't know if the Gales are going to get in. And I thought, no way, 28 wins. The committee would be crazy to leave them out. Well, here we are. They got left out, but they're in the quarterfinals of the NIT and playing well. What kind of atmosphere and feeling do the Gales have tonight as uh, they take on Utah and know they're one step away from playing in one of the most iconic venues in all of sport? Uh, well, if, if the Washington game is any indication, I mean, that was almost a standing room only crowd. I mean, 3,500 people. Um, you know, so I think you'll see a pretty good crowd tonight in terms of the way St. Mary's is playing. Emmett Nars looks much healthier. Uh, you know, in that Washington game, he had a little bit of his burst pack. And I, I tell you what, man, look out for Jordan Ford next year. This kid is an emerging star, and he is only getting better. So e- Emerging? Yeah. I just think he's a star, man. <laughs> uh, he's, he, it seems like he, he arrived in Vegas, didn't he? But, um, yeah, the Gales are playing much better than they did the last few weeks. I think, you know, hitting that reset button and getting the postseason was, was big for them. Just let them catch their breath and, you know, not have to look over their shoulder. What's done is done. And, you know, it's, it's a new season. So, yeah, I expect a good crowd tonight uh, with a trip to Madison Square Garden on the line. And I expect the Gales to play well. I really do. Alex, real quick, one-word answer. Is Gonzaga in the WCC next season? Yes. Okay. I like the way you think, Alex. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how to do this, but we're going we're gonna to give you some... Uh, Does this even work? We're going we're gonna to experiment. Some BYU Sports Nation karma for St. Mary's to beat Utah. Oh, Let's my go. goodness. This is like interstellar stuff happening right now. Inception, interstellar. Yeah. Hey, we're trying it. This is, this is an experiment, man. Is it up there with the jungle karma, like, you know, Jim Rome? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I know that's a real thing. Oh, this is real, oh, Alex. It's real, Alex. We just it's, have never given it real. to somebody not affiliated with BYU. Oh, but he is. Perfect. In his heart, he is affiliated with BYU Sports <laughs> Nation. Well, and let's just hope nobody from St. Mary's watching this, guys. Come on. Now. No, I'm just kidding. You know I love you guys. You know I love you guys. Alex, great stuff, man. Enjoy the call tonight, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll be seeing you courtside in New York City. Thanks, fellas. Have a good one. You got it, Alex Jensen on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I am both intrigued and scared to death about what you just did. Hey, let's see, man. Let's see what happens. Let's go. We just went to the fourth level of a dream. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> Coming up, Fred Warner moves up in an NFL mock draft. Where is he projected to be drafted now? And more of your entertaining responses to our question of the day. Who would you like to see lose least? Utah St. Mary's. Worlds are bending right now. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Joe Critchlow and Alex Jensen. If you missed any of it, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. On demand, people. Coming up this week, all access to On One with Akili Davis. Plus, tomorrow, we talk with New Orleans Saints beat writer Josh Katzenstein about Taysom Hill and the Saints. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. 
baseball. Win 7-6 over Utah last night in 10 innings. Cam Richen scored from third on a wild pitch for the walk-off dub. The Cougars begin a three-game series at home against Gonzaga on Thursday. Friday and Saturday's games can be seen on BYU-TV. Football. Coaches will hold a clinic today for Utah high school coaches and players. Spring football into week three and in practice number eight today. The spring league and NFL-type developmental league features three former BYU players on the West roster. Algie Brown, Graham Rowley, and Manoa Pakula have been invited to play. Cougars in the NFL. NFL.com's Chad Reuter has Fred Warner being drafted as the first pick in the fourth round to the Green Bay Packers. Now, Chad originally had Fred being taken later in the fourth round by the Dallas Cowboys. Cougars in the NBA. Kyle Collinsworth continues to perform well. Eight points, two rebounds, and five assists in a Dallas Mavericks loss to the New Orleans, Pelicans. New Orleans Pelicans. Collinsworth and the Mavs have the night off tonight prior to hosting Jason Shepard's Utah Jazz on Thursday. Gymnastics. Joe Van Mierlo named MRGC Vault Specialist of the Week. Softball. Heads to south, or heads south rather, to Baton Rouge, Louisiana to face off against 10th ranked LSU and number 13 Baylor. Also have a matchup against North Dakota State at the LSU Round Robin Thursday through Saturday. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help with Beauty the Most, DexterLaw.com. I'm going to give the Rise and Shout, if you agree, to BYU baseball's Keaton Kringlin. Oh, I The agree. dude has got a bad hammy, hit a double, rounding first, going to second on a bad hammy, and it was his infield hit that got on base that ultimately turned into Cam Richens scoring. Keaton Kringlin deserves our rising oh, shot. Here's the thing. We wouldn't have had to test that hammy again if it BYU had just taken care of business. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The end result is all that counts. I'm with you. Winning is most important. Conversation continues. How long, Jason? 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show always on demand at BYUSN.com. At BYU Spud Bud, Elite Tweet of the Day. BYU fans should show up to the game tonight wearing BYU apparel and holding signs for St. Mary's. Ooh, I like that. Why not? We've already given them the uh, BYU Sports Nation karma. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Mark Heslop. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern. Go Gales!